What's up? Okay. That's how today's going to go, guys. I lost my voice over the weekend. My name is Taylor Schroll. I'm the host of Forte Catholic. It's great to be in today. My voice is struggling quite a bit. So here's the story. We had our Ablaze Ministries benefit dinner on Thursday evening, and it went phenomenally. Thank you if you are uh, in the in the local area and came to support the Ministry of Ablaze Ministries. I want to thank you. Uh, but uh, the night before, I had a few roles at the at the benefit dinner. I was doing all the AV stuff, and I was just like, it was one of those things that I had a lot to do, a lot to get accomplished, and I just had a lot on my mind. So I stayed up till 3 a.m. the night before. So I was very tired, started losing my voice already, was talking literally all day at the benefit dinner, talking people up. And then uh, we went out that night, had some fun, lost, really started losing my voice. Friday, it started coming back just a little bit because I did really just had a rest day. My fa- family was in town for the benefit dinner. We were hanging out. And then Saturday, Again, and if you know me at all, you know that I hate waking up early. So Thursday, I went to bed at 3 a.m. Then I had a normal night. And then Friday when I went to bed, I had to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to get to our track meet in Houston. And I was outside in the track meet. I, no one told anyone that it was going to be cold on Saturday. It was 42 degrees in Texas in April, and I was not planned for this. I'm not used to being up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and it was cold when I left my house. So I went back inside. I started with just athletic short and t-shirts on. I walked outside. There was a big wall of cold. So I went back inside, and I put on a jacket. But I was like, you know, I don't need, like, long, long, what do you call them, long sleeve pants. I don't need pants. Like, I needed pants. I needed coverage. But I didn't need pants. Long Long sleeve pants. Long sleeve pants. That's amazing. Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm good. How are you? This is Sam, our wonderful producer, whose middle name starts with M, and I guessed all the wrong names before the show started. It's true. Anyway, back to the important story. So I wasn't wearing pants. So that's how we're going to get back into that. So I stood outside all day. I I was told that it was going to warm up. It actually got 20 degrees colder as the day went on. It was 60 degrees at four in the morning. And the whole rest of the day was 42 degrees. So I stood outside at a track meet in the, like for, I don't know, I was out there for 14 hours or something like that. And I'm our coach and I'm just yelling at them the whole day. So I, I was yelling at them and I lost my voice again. And then Sunday I started recuperating. And then I went and gave a talk Sunday night to a bunch of junior high kids out in Caldwell. And I think it actually might have helped with my talk because my voice kept cracking it uh, might have been the greatest enculturation I've ever done. So enculturation is like, we, you, you know, you're trying to share the gospel message and you want to be like the people that connect with the people, be like the people that you're ministering to. So all the junior high boys really connected with me because their voices kept cracking as well for different reasons. But that's, that's how I felt. I felt like that might have been my greatest moment in ministry of all time. So that's the story. I don't, I don't know if you cared, but uh, that, that's how we're starting today's show, with my voice dying. So here's the plan for today. In this first segment, our lovely producer, whose middle name starts with M, 
<laughs> is going to be having a conversation with me about our two topics today. We're going to be talking about Doubting Thomas. Uh, we talked about Doubting Thomas on the show before, mm-hmm. but I kind of have, I have I read it a little differently when we read it at Mass um, over this last week. We're also going to talk about Sam's favorite, Spider-Man, maybe. We've had this topic for a long time, and it keeps <laughs> getting pushed back. We'll see if we get to Spider-Man. Uh, and then we have two guests today. I'm really excited. Not one, but two. I needed the help. I couldn't talk for a whole hour. So w- one of my like new friends, we actually became friends. W- we both live in Texas. She's in Houston. I'm here in Bryan College Station recording from the Red Sea Radio International Studios. It's just one studio. Do can you say studios when it's just one studio? There's more than one mic. There Okay, that's the rules now. <laughs> I don't know. I just decided it was. Whatever, Sam. <laughs> okay. So Katie Hartfield, who I had to go all the way up to Iowa to meet. We did a, an event together last year up in Iowa. She's going to come on to the show today uh talk about she has an amazing faith story and she has a new book out as well. And it's just it's always fun to talk to Katie. And then in segment 3, this interview has been planned for a very long time and it kept getting pushed back and pushed back. No, it's not Father Jared Cook for oh, those of you who listen really to the I really thought that's who it was going to be. <laughs> I led I led you astray on purpose. So uh it's not Father Jared Cook, but Daniel Glaze from that Catholic couple is going to be on the show in the third segment. They are one of the leaders in Catholic YouTube. Uh, they've got some great stuff going on, and I met him just recently, a few months ago, at Austin's DCYC. We had to hang out after the conference a bit. So I am looking forward to this show. I hope you are as well. You get a special treat, l- less listening to me and more listening to other people. So here we go. Let's talk about Doubting Thomas. <laughs> oh, before we get into Doubting Thomas, I do have to thank you guys. I, uh, For those of you who only listen on the podcast, you heard this last week. I didn't have time to get to it in last week's show, but uh, I did want to let all of you know, I just wanted to thank you guys for listening. It has been an exciting last three months. Our listenership on the podcast has doubled, doubled in this in this last three months than the previous three months, uh, brought us over to over a thousand, a thousand, not a thousand, 11,000. That's, that's two ones, right? Yep. 11,000 downloads uh, since the show started. So I just wanted to thank you guys. Um, could you do me a favor, even if you're just listening on the radio or if you're listening on the podcast and you haven't listened, there are many of you that listen every week. I can see it. And I still only have like 14 ratings on iTunes, which means you're all very mean to me. And I want you to not be mean to me. So if you, if you could, whether you're listening on podcasts or you're listening on the radio, if you could go to iTunes, um, and, and rate the show, leave a review. It takes 60 seconds, and I would truly, truly appreciate it. Um, also, if you like the show, tell your friends about it. Uh, share, share, share a post on social media. I'm always posting about the show about once or twice a week on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can always follow me at Taylor Schroll, S-C-H-R-O-L-L. Uh, I just wanted to get to that because I, I've been able to share that with the podcast, guys, but not with you friends on the radio. So, Doubting Thomas. John chapter 20. Mm-hmm. We read this over this last week. Sam, you actually led a Bible study on it um, for our staff, didn't you? I did. I did. It was a good day. Fantastic day. So here's how it goes. John chapter 20, verse 24. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, I don't know what that word means. I'm sure one of you do, but it sounds like an insult. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, you Didymus, get over here. <laughs> it's like nitwit or something. Uh, so now Thomas, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. 
So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, okay, so how I've heard about this story before, you've probably heard it on the show before. It's, it's kind of one of those things like, you know, picture it didn't happen, right? Thomas wasn't there. Are his friends messing with him? Like, would they really mess with him about something this serious? So he's, but I mean, he has a very natural response. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. So first of all, I had never noticed that it was an entire week later. So they told him, we've seen the Lord. And Thomas hung out with them for a week and saw nothing. Hmm. It's like, what? <laughs> like that, that really kind of stinks for him, right? It's like, dang it all. I, I was just outside buying all of you groceries. Like, what, <laughs> what, what do you want me to do? So uh, Jesus comes in and says, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. So another thing that I've shared before, before we get to the part that's kind of new for me, is that this is the first time in John's gospel, he's the first person to rec recognize Jesus as God. Mm. Everybody else is like, he's the Messiah. He's a great prophet. Like even, even the people who loved him, the, the apostles, other disciples, saw him as a great Jewish leader, a great speaker, a, a healer. He's the one that saw him. He's the first one to proclaim him as God, which is why I love Thomas. Thomas gets, Thomas gets a bad rap, but he, like he, this is the biggest, this is one of the biggest deals in the gospel. Mm -hmm. This is the end. Like uh, chapter 20 kind of ends the story of John. There is one more chapter that a lot of people believe was written by like John's followers. And it's like the cool like twist at the end. It's like, hey, this whole time throughout John, we heard about the beloved disciple this whole time. If you've ever been to Mass, you've probably heard the beloved disciple in, in John's gospel. They're like, surprise, the beloved disciple was John. It's like, <laughs> boom, huge twist at the end. So 20 is essentially the end of the story. And then 21 is kind of a story about the story, right? So... He says that he is God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Which is interesting because you and me in 2018, listening to this on Red Sea Radio or St. Michael Radio or on your podcast, wherever you do that. We have not seen Jesus. Okay, yeah, you've seen the Eucharist. Like you've seen... But when you look at it, it is bread and wine, right? We know that it changes into the body and blood of Christ, but we have never seen Jesus in a body like the apostles did. So he's talking about us, like, blessed are you, Sam, middle name M, <laughs> because you have believed, blessed are those because who have not seen, but yet you believe. And then it, it goes on, it finishes. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That those last lines are, tend to have been throwaway lines for me because it's the end of the Doubting Thomas story. And it's really kind of the end of where the story ends, right? So here's the new thing for me. And I'm still kind of wrestling with this and processing it and thinking through it. Here's my new thought. And Sam, I want to hear your thoughts on this because um, I'm just going to ask you first. Okay. When you read this story, 
when you have you, you I mean, you've heard this story multiple times. Mm-hmm. When you've heard this story, have you pictured Thomas putting his hands into the into the wounds of Christ? Um I guess so because I've seen like pictures of it and I think I can see that picture in my mind when I think of that part. I don't think I've thought of my own picture in my mind, I guess. Right. It's it's really interesting because I even gave a talk on this two months ago and I think we even talked about it on the show a couple months ago around this famous picture I, f- I thought I wrote it down I didn't this guy in the 5th century famous painter dr- painted a picture of Thomas putting his hands into the side of Jesus and it's kind of funny it kind of it's weird it's like this like super religious picture but it kind of looks like Thomas is tickling Jesus <laughs> it's this really kind of weird thing and it is kind of odd if you think about it it would be very odd to stick, like, put your finger in somebody's wound, right? Yep. Because, like, the 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 picture, the painting, shows him putting his hands like in his side, mm-hmm. where the where the where the spear, the lance, drove through his chest, right? Right. And I've always, I have always, because of that picture, and because of how it was taught to me, I have always imagined Thomas actually doing it. And for the first time, I've heard this story a dozen times, I've given talks on this story a dozen times. For the first time, I see, okay, here's what Thomas says through this story. We're going to go back through it again real quick. He says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, unless I put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. When Jesus comes, he says to Thomas, which is so cool, because he's like, he could, he's a mind reader, right? Like he knows everything. He knew Thomas's doubts. And he was willing to say, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out with your hand, put it into my side, stop doubting and believe. It does not say, then Thomas put his hands into his side and believed. Right. He said, right, stop doubting and believe. Jesus, uh, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And this is interesting because I started like, I was like, wait a second. This is blowing my mind. So first of all, like the first big thing that stuck out to me is like the power of what art does for our belief. Mm. When you picture Jesus, I know exactly who you are picturing, Sam. <laughs> a man named Jim Caviezel. That's <laughs> who you true. picture as Jesus, right? That's true. When we picture Mary, we picture her from, the, from that movie, The Passion of the Christ. And so, like, we, we see this all the time in, like, like, that's like a pop thing. It's kind of, you know, it's not 20 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever. But these are paintings from five, you know, the fifth century, 1500 years ago. And... It has shaped how I've read this story. And I, when I started looking into it, I started l- looking and seeing like, am I the only person that's noticed this? And thank the Lord Jesus, I'm not. You know, <laughs> There are other people who have, <clears throat> scholars who have argued about this for years. Did he do it or did he not? Because Jesus did command him, put your fingers here, put your hands here. And when I've talked to some people, they're like, I think, I think that he did it whenever Jesus commanded him to. Because Jesus is the Lord and God, <laughs> when you when He commands to do something, you should probably do it. Right, and that's how I've always seen it. But like looking at it the other way, what if, what if the story happened exactly how it's written, and how does it change? And I got something brand new out of it. You ready for it? I'm ready. You ready for this? Okay. You and I have our doubts. We all have our doubts on like I, I've talked about it before. It's like I absolutely believe that in the body and blood become Jesus in, in the mass. 
And then every now and then I'm just sitting in the pew and I'm like, all of these people in here are going up to receive that piece of bread that they think is God. Like it's mind blowing, right? Like mm. every now and then a doubt can creep in or is God even real? Is, is, living, is living as a Catholic even worth it? Right. What, what, if, what if it's not all real, right? We, I don't know what your doubts are, right? But we all have them. None of us are perfect faith all the time. And if you are, uh, you should probably listen to a different show because that means you wouldn't <laughs> like me. So here's my thought. He has all of these things, all these doubts. I won't believe in God if. I won't believe that Jesus is alive. He's saying I won't believe that Jesus is alive. We're saying I won't believe in God unless I can do X, A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger in the nails where, where, where the nails were, put my hand on his side, I will not believe. And then right when he, like, if we just read the story exactly how it is, Jesus walks in, says, peace be with you, offers us. It's like, hey, I know he acknowledges our doubts. He acknowledges, hey, I know that you doubted this way. If you would like, you can come and actually do it. Fulfill your, your doubts, right? I don't think that's what happened. I think Jesus or Thomas saw Jesus, had this encounter with him, and those doubts fell apart. So for you and me, you and I will never see Jesus in body unless he comes back sometime before we die. When we see him in heaven on this earth. But we we can have our doubts, but if we have an encounter with Jesus, those doubts can can begin to fade away and build up our faith. Sam, you know what we didn't have time for? We didn't have time for Spider-Man. We didn't have time Man. for Spider-Man. We'll talk about Spider-Man <laughs> next week. Uh, so uh, we're going to be we're going to be coming right back with one of my new favorite people, Katie Hartfield. Hello, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that first segment and are looking forward to the conversation with Katie Hartfield and Daniel Glaze. These guys are awesome. I can't wait for you guys to hear them. So I'm going to be quick. I have a new single out. I haven't been in a recording studio for music since 2011. We went with the Ablaze Ministries Encounter Band over spring break. It is finally here. If you head on over to ForteCatholic.com, you can see it. It's on the first page there. It's called Sense Your Love. You can find it on all the social media. But Forte Catholic is probably the best place to find it. I love this song. It's done a lot for me. I love worshiping with it. And I hope you guys enjoy listening to check it out and let me know what you think and enjoy the rest of the show. All right, we are back and I am so excited to be talking to the woman who lives an hour and a half from me that I met in Iowa, Miss Katie Hartfield. Katie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm excited too. <laughs> you have, uh, so we'll have to tell the story about how, how we met, but uh, we saw each other in January and uh, you, were, you were small and something has changed. What's changing in your life? Oh, well, a lot is changing. We're pregnant with baby number four. And the crazy thing about it is I have three girls and we're having a boy. And so everything's going to change. I'm a little weirded out, actually. <laughs> like I have everything streamlined up to this point. And now we have to figure out this whole new thing. But we're excited. Praise the Lord. It's going to be great. I bet, is your husband very excited? He is extremely excited. You know, with the first, all three of the girls, he was like, oh, I love, you know, have girls. And um, 
I've never felt like I'm that guy that has to have a boy. And then this time he's like, I don't know, I've got a lot of girls. So <laughs> he was very, very much on that front. So my oldest was like, uh, he's not going to Henry the Eighth you if we have another girl. Is he? Like, I think I'll, I think okay. <laughs> Thanks be to God, we're yeah. safe. <laughs> no matter what. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy. I haven't met yeah, him, but you've told not. me stories. We're going to get into you and his story <laughs> okay. here in a bit. But before we do that, we have to talk about you and I's story because oh, what's great. what's more yeah, important than your marriage is how is uh, my relationship <laughs> with you. So, uh, you, story, you, actually. oh, it was hilarious. So you have been doing ministry in the Houston area for for how long now? Yeah, 13 years. 13 years. So uh, I grew up in that diocese. I worked as a youth minister in that diocese. I currently work as a youth minister, like running ministry circles here, like in Bryan College Station and in Houston. You and I had never met. And then we were asked to go be like the keynote speakers for uh, the Diocesan Youth Conference in Sioux City, Iowa. So the first time we met was in the car being picked up from the airport in Iowa. Isn't that crazy? Yes, in a very, very, very long car ride. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I was not expecting. Yeah, I don't think Iowa has any uh, like airports of its own. You have to fly into the neighboring <laughs> neighboring states and then drive through Iowa. So we got to know each other with lots of corn passing by, it was just phenomenal. And we, we, I mean, we, we hit it off that weekend and then like you left without telling me and I was very offended and you like sent me a message later. It's like, Hey, Oh, oh no, you're not. I had to travel another 22 hours to get back to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I think the guy that hosts, uh, that hosted us listens to the show. So now he's not going to oh. like you. So <laughs> oh, no, sorry, Fred. <laughs> we love you, Fred. So, uh, and then we did an event together a couple of months ago in Houston. But hey, that's enough about us. Let's talk about the real relationship in your life. So you have this book that is it's kind of, uh, I, I think it's probably your most popular story that you tell. It's the story that I've heard you tell uh, at the two events that I've worked at worked with you at. Uh, it's the story that you wrote about in your book called Woman in Love. Why don't you just lay out the story for us about uh, how you and your husband met and what happened even before that? Right. So um, when I was in high school, I was um, a typical youth group kid. I was always hanging around. Um, but when I was 17, I had the opportunity to go to one of the Super Bowl youth conferences. They do a program called Franciscan Lead. And you go up on the Monday before the big youth conference that happens that following weekend. Um, and for five days, it's just like this really in-depth, beautiful um, experience of really learning how to pray and how to discern and what the Lord wants in your life and all these kind of things. So um, I'm going, I was about to go into my senior year of high school and um, over the course of that week, it was just really laid heavily on my heart that God had a plan for my life and um, knew the best way for me to get to heaven, whether that was going to be for me to get married or whether that was going to be for me to be a sister. And I was praying through, you know, if, if I was called to marriage, then God, who knows anything, knew who it was that I would marry one day. And if that was true, then that meant that that man was somewhere out there, like at that very second. And so um, thinking about, you know, all the, the difficulties and temptations that there were as a teenager, I really decided like this, this guy needs my prayers <laughs> wherever he is. And so I really decided that week I was going to go to war praying for more holy men in the world, but also specifically for my future husband, wherever he was, that God would come into his life and would just shatter everything that he knew and show him that that life in him was so much better. So um, 
I really wanted to make it really real in my life. So I started to write these prayers in the form of letters to my future husband. So I go home and I'm like, so on fire for the Lord. And um, everything is just great. It's this mountaintop experience. And um, a few months later, my dad uh, left my mom a note and said that he didn't love her anymore and that he was leaving. Family was a huge shock, came out of nowhere. Um, But over the course of the next two years, I mean, he would leave and he would come back and he would leave and he would come back. And all of these things that I, I thought I was so sure of about what vocation was and what marriage was and what love was, you know, and all these things um, were really challenged. And I was really challenged to hold on to hope. And so often kind of the thing that kept me grounded in, in knowing that things could be different for me was these prayers and these letters that I was writing to my future husband. So um, several years later, a couple years later, I transfer to college in Sumville, Ohio, and uh, meet this tall, dark, handsome type from Texas. So um, it'd be really weird if he wasn't the guy. Like if you just mentioned some (laughs) other guy, you're like, I dated him for three months and then I met my husband. (laughs) (laughs) The other guy was really good looking though. Spoiler alert. Yeah. He was very strapping young man. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah. So we start dating and deep into our dating relationship. Um, I'm originally from Colorado, so I'm at home and he, at home um, in Texas. It was summer break and we were on the phone and talking about his conversion experience. And for him, I mean, he, he said he always loved God, you know, he's an altar server and all these kind of things, but it didn't really have anything to do with the relate the um, decisions that he was making on the weekends. <laughs> so um, Mark was, I mean, really gifted basketball, popular, all the different temptations that came with that. So one summer night, he's just graduated from high school. He's in his room. He's not thinking about God. He's not praying. And he just describes it as the Holy Spirit came rushing into the room. And um, this, for the first time in his life, you know, he'd always heard God loves you and he died for your sins and things like that. But he was just overwhelmed by the reality of that, that it was his face that Jesus saw. He was dying on the cross and all the sins were going through his mind. And his 19 year old boy just fell to his knees sobbing and contrition and sorrow for our sins, but most of all, just having this new understanding of God's mercy and that it was all for him. So we're talking about that, how this moment just changed his life with urgency. Never, it was never the same again. And um, I asked him if he knew the date of his conversion experience. So he tells me the date in uh, July of the Jubilee year 2000. So I go over to my um, shelf in my bedroom where my prayer journals were. And I pull out my journal from that week of his conversion. And it was the same week that I was at Franciscan lead. It was the same week that I decided that I was going to go to war praying for my future <laughs> husband for his conversion. I had a laundry list, specific sins. If he's struggling with this, 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 and this, and word for word, it was exactly his list. It was exactly those things. And so um, the reason why I mean, I tell the story all the time and I get goosebumps, goosebumps every time, but I have them um, now. I it. <laughs> hey, thanks. <laughs> the, uh, the reason why I share it, you know, is like, it's not just because it's my love story and I really like it, but you know, this is a story of what our God does a million times every single day. It's what he promises those that he hears the cries of our heart and he hears the cries of the brokenhearted and he hears our prayers and he answers, he answers us. And this is just one time that he gave us the gift to see exactly how he had done that in our lives. But 
the power of prayer and the grace and all of those moments is very, very, very real. This is my third time hearing this story. I literally did have goosebumps. Like my producer's like, what are you doing? I'm like, shut up. I'm <laughs> listening to Katie and staring at my arms because my very hairy arms and they were all standing like straight up as you told your story. And it's the third time I'm hearing it. And I, th- I think the reason, I mean, number one, I just like you a lot. You're fun to hang out with. You're fun to be around. You're very good at what you do. But the, the other thing that like, I just find uh, that draws me in is that one of my biggest doubts, like even as living as a Christian for the last you know, 15 years, like trying to follow Christ, like one of my biggest things is like, does, does prayer actually work or am I just talking right. to myself? You know, like, it, or I, I pray for something that, you know, and then, it, and then something happens later on. It's like, well, was that a coincidence? Was that natural? Was that an answer to prayer? And then I hear your story and I was like, there's no way that that is a coincidence, you know, like it's like you had the journal, which, by the way, is so impressive. Number one, that you still kept like that. You kept them all and that you're just like on the phone. You like had the idea. Here's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to go find out what I was doing that day. Like, it's all just brilliant. Uh, Holy but, Spirit. Yeah. For, <laughs> you're, you're pretty impressive, too, but the, you're right. The Holy Spirit is more impressive. So <laughs> I, I don't mean to diss you on my show, but, I mean, you did. it is the Holy <laughs> Spirit that you're being compared to here. But I, I absolutely I absolutely love the story. And, and you talk about in the book and when you share this story about, like, developing this prayer life, um, specific, you know, specifically for people that are— um, searching for their vocation and seeking that out. But like, I'm, I'm sure that people listening to this have had a similar experience of like, that story is ridiculously amazing. How can I pray like that? So what would you say to somebody like that? Right. Well, um, I think the biggest thing, um, you know, that I learned through the whole experience was what prayer does and why God allows us to participate instead of just making whatever he wants to happen, happen all the time is that, um, you know, our prayer brings about change, but it also brings about change in our own lives. And so, um, you know, I spent years writing these letters and um, hoping for this, you know, amazing man. And then what I had to start asking myself was, am I the person that a guy like this would be attracted to? And really challenging me to um, look inwardly about how the Lord was trying to prepare me and transform me for my own vocation as well. And so uh, that's a lot of what I talk about in the book is, um, just this big surrender to to the Lord and and to a yes, and what kind of prayer has to go around that in order to tr- transform our hearts to just recklessly be able to trust in Him. And uh, also, um, I have a, a, like some more about this on my website, but um, specifically how to pray for um, your spouse, for other people, you know, in general, how to. Um, you know, look to scripture and to, to pray God's word over them um, is really powerful, obviously, for the person whose life that's affecting, but also for us to dive into the word of God as well and praying that for other people and be looking for the way that God is answering. So my final question about Woman in Love, by the way, people, if you want to if you want to check out the book, go go deeper into the story. You can find it at womaninlove.com. My final question for today. Or, or- I, .org.org. <laughs> I've been yelled at by Katie Hartfield. I need to go to confession now. So here's my final question. I've, I've never brought this up to you. Have you ever, first, have you ever heard the song Dear Future Husband by I, Megan Trainer? Yeah. Have you ever used it in one of your talks? 
have not. <laughs> are you willing? Not, not are you willing to? to? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Here's what here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I've been writing a lot of songs recently. I might do a cover of uh, oh. Dear Future Husband about your story once I have my voice back. We'll see how that goes. If anybody else wants to try give a shout out, you're welcome to as well. But I think it would just be just 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 beautiful. You know, you're sharing this heartfelt story and I'm impersonating Megan Trainer. I just think it just fits both of us so well. I do too. I can see it. Can see some good tag team work going on in that. <laughs> we'd have to do, we'd have to do another another event together where we don't yeah. tell anybody that I'm going to sing this song, and I'll like, be like now we'll close in prayer. <laughs> Taylor you know, comes in. Taylor comes in for the closing song. Dear future <laughs> husband, <laughs> it'd be great. I was see you're thinking closing prayer. I was thinking more along the lines like you're talking and we'd act like you didn't like you weren't in on it. And as oh. you start talking about the letters, you're you know you're writing letters to your future husband. I just I just start playing it louder than you're speaking, and I'd play the <laughs> okay. whole song, and then I'd just walk off like nothing happened, and you'd have to continue your talk. How's that? Great, great. Yes, thank you. Um, I'll pray about that. <laughs> <laughs> you let me. You let me know. I'm always available. So here's uh, we have just a, about a couple minutes left, and you talked about developing this prayer life, and you also have a new book out yeah. on, on the on a Marian consecration called Totus Two is totally yours. Um, why don't you tell us a, a little bit about this book and how it can help people pray? Yeah, so uh, I, I was a youth minister in Houston for a really long time, and um, my husband and I actually wrote the book in 2006 um, and just made copies of it for our juniors and seniors in our youth program. And so what it is, is it's, it's this 33-day day preparation to give your heart and everything in your life completely to Jesus and to do so through the Blessed Mother. Uh, and she has all of these promises, you know, of how she wants to deliver us to her son. She's the first Christian. She's the person that makes sense, that she knows him more better than anybody. So um, this consecration prayer of giving your life totally to Jesus through Mary is so powerful and so beautiful um, based on the teachings of St. Maximilian Colby, um, St. Louis de Montfort. But it's so powerful that it takes 33 days to just get your heart ready. And so uh, what we did, they, you know, these these saints have these beautiful versions of it as well. But there's a lot of these and thous, and it's overwhelming. So uh, we created a teen version, um, and every day has a scripture and then a reflection that goes with it and then um, some prayer surrounding it as well. And so what we started to see was how these teens – Lives. How Mary is going to fulfill her promises. She's going to deliver uh, these teenagers to to her son's heart. And so now, years, all these years later, uh, we have had actually within a few weeks of each other, we had a missionary, um, a former teen of ours, a uh, seminarian, a uh, girl who is entering the convent into a Marian order, and a married couple who actually met in our youth program, consecrated their marriage to the Blessed Mother. So. All four of them contacted us within a couple months of each other, just totally independent, telling us how Marian consecration was a pivotal moment in their lives, um, changing their spirituality and teaching them how to pray. So that's why we kind of took it to prayer and decided that we were going to um, take it and publish it and let it be out there for whoever else wanted to see what the Lord had in store. That's fantastic. I'm glad that it's not just teenagers teenagers reading it, but I think it's anybody that just appreciates a book that doesn't have, have the thousand thines in it. So also, yeah, if you want to check out that book, you can also find that at womaninlove.org. 
Org. All right, we did it. Katie, how else can people connect with you? Our time's coming to a close. I want people to get to know you because you're awesome. How can they find you? Right. Well, I'm on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Katie Hartfield. It's no D, H-A-R-T-F-I-E-L. So, yeah, I would love to connect and uh, continue to share what the Lord is doing and hear what he's doing um, in others' lives as well. So. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Katie. It's always, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Taylor. You too. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Schroll, the man who lost his voice and still is doing a radio show. So in our last segment, we talked with Katie Hartfield, who in our Ministry Madness bracket got 22nd, 22nd place. In talking with Katie before I was talking to our next guest, Mr. Daniel Glaze, she informed me that Daniel was in her core team. Daniel is now famous. He's like the man on Catholic YouTube. You know, Father Mike Schmitz needs to get out of the way because Daniel is coming for you. And and, and Katie knew him when he was just a little nobody helping out with youth ministry. Daniel, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Taylor? Dude, it is another day in paradise. I just wish my voice was a little bit better, but this just means that you have to carry the show. You are the star today. Deal? That's just how I live my life, Taylor, you know? Yeah. It's, it's another day, another star, you know? You always take over the room. All right, here, here's what we do. I, I lied to you. We're going to switch things up. We're, we have to talk okay. about this Ministry Madness Bracket thing because, the, do it. because it involves the story of how I met you. You and I, like, you have connections here to Bryan College Station. We've been trying to get, like, you and your wife, which uh, are the that Catholic couple from YouTube. We'll get into all that. Um, we've been trying to get you guys to come into the studio. We'd record uh, a, a, a segment for the show, and y'all would y'all would uh, record it on your little video cameras. That I don't know what they are because I just do radio stuff. And then we'd uh, and then we just do that together and have fun. It just never worked out. So finally, um, I got to meet you. We've wanted we've wanted to meet in person for like nine months now, six months now. We finally did it at oh, Austin. Oh, baby! Yeah, finally did it at Austin's DCYC. I came to find you, and you were talking to a very large man. That man's name was Jared Zimmerer. He's a very large person. I would not have met him if it wasn't for you. So here's what I'd like you to do: There were sixty-four participants in Ministry Madness this year because. You introduced me to Jared Zimmerer. 63 of them lost. I'd like you to apologize to those 63 because it's your fault that they lost. Dear 63 participants, which includes myself, I would like you to know that you have never had a chance to beat Jared Zimmerer because when I actually met him in person, he was bigger than I thought. So, and, and please know, he knows like 15 different fighting styles. He has biceps the size of my thighs. And it just, it only made sense that Jared Zimmer would win. I don't know who else would even have a chance. Yeah, you are, you are correct. And thank you for actually playing along. That was a nice, genuine apology that no one believed. So, uh, exactly. you got, we have to talk about you now. You did very, very well. I'm very impressed. You got 14th place. Thanks. 
14 out of 64. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. I, I pride myself on that. Yeah, you, you're a very <laughs> strong man, a great leader, a great protector, a great provider. But I did notice something very interesting in our standings as well. Um, in ninth place, there's a woman that also lives in the Austin area that will be moving to the Houston area. I think very similar to you. Uh, she has one small child, uh, which which you do as well. Uh, do she, I know her? She too has a, a very popular Catholic YouTube channel. It's called That Catholic Couple. Um, I think you know her. She got ninth place and she defeated you. Any idea who that is? Is it my daughter, Lily? It's not your daughter, Lily. That would be weird. <laughs> that is amazing that my wife, Anna, beat me. That is so good. She defeated you. It's, it's, is that like not the most emasculating thing that's ever happened to you? You know what? I'll, I'll go along. Sure. sure. <laughs> that's the only thing we can talk about, apparently. But still, I'm glad right. that I could help with your humility. I just, I just that glad so good. that Forte Catholic could help you grow as a person. So... <laughs> I am 100%. She has no idea. I didn't even know that until you told me, so that's really funny. It is very funny. I, I saw it. I kind of threw you under the bus. I knew you were coming on. I thought threw you under the bus uh, last week or two, when was that? Two weeks ago? I don't even know. Uh, I don't listen to the show. I just do it, so I'm not quite sure whatever it <laughs> happened. But uh, all right, let, enough about that. Let's talk about the channel, man, because we got so much to talk about. Uh, that Catholic couple, tell us about it. How did it start? Yeah, so that Catholic couple is a YouTube channel that my wife and I host. Uh, it came about, in, uh, so our official start date was August 2015, and we realized that. Uh, so I used to be a YouTube head. Well, I still technically am, and I used to watch YouTube all the time. And when we first got engaged, I was like, you know what? The possibilities of of of, see, of having a Catholic YouTube channel that talks about marriage should be high. Like we went online to see if there was one and actually ended up finding absolutely nothing. All we found was like church militant and Bishop Barron and, um, all that, all that, all that older Catholic YouTube stuff. So, right. um, around the time that we got married, we decided to start this channel and yeah, in August, 2015, we, uh, we started that Catholic couple. That's so exciting. And I, I found you guys maybe like a year and a half ago. Y'all are on YouTube. I'm looking at it right now. You got 7,671 subscribers. That's no joke, man. Y'all are doing great stuff. My, so here's the deal. We have, we have some similarities. Uh, we're both just tremendously good-looking individuals. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we, we are both white and, and obtain beards very well. And we both have Hispanic wives. So my yeah. my wife uh, watches TV a lot. Most of it's not Catholic stuff. But if I'm watching that Catholic couple, she'll walk in and be like, hey, look, I want to see how this other couple just like us lives out their Catholic <laughs> life. So we've watched quite a bit of them together. Uh, so let's get what is what has been your favorite video that you guys have made? Oh, that's a very good question. Our favorite video. Hmm. If I had to pick one, it would probably be the first, not first vlog, but one of the first vlogs we made of Lily being born. I, I really enjoy watching that, watching that video. Oh, that's, that's sweet. That's the right answer. I think. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, I really liked the one um, where your wife did too. Um, I think I liked them. Maybe I liked them. I, this, I'm realizing this is rude as I say it. It was the two that you weren't in. Maybe they sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the two that you weren't in. It was the two that your wife did. And she she was very uh, open and honest about where she was in her faith life. And like you don't see that a lot in 
in yeah. Catholic media. And uh, yeah, we really enjoyed both of those. And then she did an update. She's like, things are better now. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that because the, the one you're talking about is Anna hates prayer. And uh, before, so our, our channel has gone through some movements in, in, in like what kind of content we produce. So we used to do like once a week videos where we would sit down and try to teach kind of like Father Mike Schmitz's videos. And we were like, you know what? Other people are doing that way better than we could ever do. So let's start just kind of talking about our lives and kind of which, which Anna's video of Anna hates prayer was the very first one where we kind of didn't have a script and it was like, let's just talk about how she's feeling right now. Cause a little known fact right before that, we kind of got into like a huge, not necessarily a huge fight, but just, she kind of broke down and was like, I feel completely in the desert right now and i don't know what's going on and i'm like people need to hear this like you're really good at articulating how you feel right now so let's let's share that and that kind of started like <laughs> so it sounds very nice it's i'm glad y'all did exactly. the video and i really much i really enjoyed it but what it sounds like when you just told the story was that y'all were fighting she got upset and you pulled out a video camera <laughs> <laughs> no, no. To, to be fair, that, that that whole thing happened like three days beforehand, and I was like, gotcha. "You, you I, I asked her. I didn't tell her. You're right. That's a good point." I was like, "Do you want to record it?" And she's like, "Absolutely, actually, yeah. I think that'd be a good idea." Um, so once we got the really good feedback on that, we were just kind of let's get rid of the scripts and let's just talk about who we are, and that kind of led us into vlogging, and that kind of led us into where we're at right now. Sweet. So if people go check out the channel, what? Yeah, you kind of already started the conversation, but what are they going to get? Why should they watch? Yeah, so we're our target audience are young adult married couples that might have a few kids or two. So perfect that you and your wife watch it. That's um, me. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? When you said that, I was like, yes, our marketing is working. Um, <laughs> yeah, so what you'll expect is vlogs. So that's vlogs are there's a lot of people have different definitions, but a, a true vlog is one that is a documentation of somebody's life. And, and that's what we do is, is we vlog just different aspects of what we're doing. Our, our, our mission is to, um, have fun with our, with our, with our audience. We like to, we want to build community on and offline and we want to reach sainthood together. So we talk a lot about parenting. We talk a lot about, um, how to be a husband and wife and how to really like understand kind of, cause you know, the whole idea of sainthood sometimes gets a little cliche and a little kind of like not attainable. And we were like, let's try and like show that it is. Um, and, and not at all trying to project that we will be saints, but like, that's what we're striving to be. Um, and, and yeah, we, we vlog our life and it's a ton of fun. And other people obviously enjoy it as well. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's just been kind of cool to because when I when I found you guys, like y'all were one of the one of the more popular Catholic YouTube channels already. And I think since I started following you guys, y'all doubled in your following. It's just been kind of cool to watch you guys blow up. And uh, you talked about building this community. Um, not on Catholic YouTube, but also the community of your viewers. And you have a very special name for them that I have to have a public confession about. Uh, so you call them the Donut Squad. And Correct. I watched your videos for months and months and months, like kept tr trying to find, like, what does this even mean? You kept calling, like, your, your viewers the, the Donut donuts. Squad. And I'm like, what? Like, are you calling me fat? Are you calling me sweet? Are you calling me holy? Like, I wasn't sure what donut reference you were making. And then I was like, oh, their last name is Glaze. I'm an idiot. Yep. Glaze Donuts. So tell us a little bit about the Donut Squad. Okay, so a little bit of history on why specifically we did the Donut Squad. So obviously our last name, well, my last name has been Glaze the entirety of my life. Um Almost anything I've done when it comes to sports or uh, when I was on the hip-hop, when I was a professional dancer or, or all that stuff. Wait, wait, had... wait, 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 wait. What? I knew you were going to stop that as soon as I said that. <laughs> what did yeah, you Yeah, I used to be a professional competitive <laughs> hip-hop dancer. 
What? How do I not know yeah. this? You're white. <laughs> I, I, no, okay. So it's funny you say that because racists say that. Um, oh wow! But, uh, <laughs> wow! Wow! No, I actually, start. I actually start almost not not all talks, but specific talks when I when me and my wife go out and give talks. Um, obviously, because I said talks four times. Um, but I start off with talking about how we like to introduce ourselves with like fun facts, and I say that I used to be a professional hip hop dancer, and I look at the crowd, and it's normally of teens, and I'm like, who here believe that? And like nobody raised their hands. I said, who here didn't believe that? And like almost 90% of the crowd always raised their hands like, and that's because y'all are racist. Just because I'm a white chubby man doesn't mean I can't dance. Um, so here's here's the deal. You just you just admitted that 10% of people don't listen when you talk. <laughs> so, and then all Taylor, Taylor, that's like you wrote what you're like. You probably have four times the amount of that, though. Oh, man. You're the Daddy. worst. You're the worst. You're, you're very mean. Oh, man, I think we're breaking up, <laughs> which <laughs> I, which ironically enough is the name of your newest video. But that's not yep, what we're going to get true. into. We still have to. So here's the deal. You, my friend, I think your true passion in life is to play competitive two truths and a lie because you would absolutely <laughs> win with that fact. Okay. What, what were you? I don't know what you were actually talking about. What were you actually talking about? Donuts. Donut squad. Yeah. yeah. So I was just reason I brought up dancing is anytime that I've been on any kind of team or any sort of just like group of people, there's always been a nickname that happens to to deal with donuts. Just donuts, glaze, glazer, glazy, all that stuff. Uh, somebody used to call me beans because beans has glaze on them sometimes. Um, and I just I found that funny. But there's always been some sort of donut pun. Um, and uh, yeah, so whenever my wife got married, like my entire life has been donut themed. So we called our engagement the englazement. Oh, our donut, Lord. It, 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 it's, <laughs> don't act like it's not good. And then our uh, wedding reception actually was a donut shop theme. So we had like a, kind of the old school marquee and we called all of our tables by different donut names. And um, it was, yeah, so once and ever we decided to, to come up with like, what can we kind of call it? They kind of came up with it on their own a little bit. Um, but like a lot of them liked like call us something donut. Um, whenever we were like fairly smaller, they kind of came up with that name. So we kind of stuck, it stuck and we ran with it. That's phenomenal. So you and I, well, mainly you, you've been hating on me for the last like four minutes. And granted, I, I, I kind of poked <laughs> the bear a little bit. I, I did start the whole thing. No, I didn't start it. You knew, you knew, you you baited me for that. Let's talk about haters because I'm t I'm totally hating on you right now because that's ridiculous. And I'm just mad that I haven't seen this. I here, whenever we're done, you need to send me a video because of you dancing because I think oh, that's deal. the greatest thing in the world. So. You guys, one of my favorite things that you guys do is y'all get ridiculous YouTube comments on on your on your videos, and they're just bizarre or hilarious or just rude. And y'all have a very special way of handling these haters. Why don't you talk about that a bit? Yeah. So um, first off, I'm glad that you noticed that because uh, we we thoroughly and this sounds kind of weird, but I know I thoroughly enjoy receiving some of these comments. Now, and there is a process and I'll talk about it here in a minute, but there is a process that we go through on what kind of comments we do comment on essentially. Um, and we post whenever we do, t we, we, we take a photo of it and we post it on normally Twitter with the hashtag TCC comments um, and some sort of, of response to the comments. Uh, and then we normally comment back to them on the actual video that they commented on. Um, 
but yeah, the way that we normally kind of handle this and the way that we go about it um, is normally like obviously if there's any kind of cussing or if there's any kind of like vulgarity, we don't share it. We normally hide it. We don't necessarily delete it, but we definitely hide it from the channel. Um, and, and it all kind of has to deal with the level of either insanity or the level of hilarity. So sometimes people come on our, on our channel and like we get – so here's the thing. If you ever try to do anything Catholic online, you will find the trolls. The trolls will find you and they will continually troll you from the moment you post your first video until the moment you post your last. And we knew that going into creating any kind of content that is Catholic, specifically on the cesspool that is YouTube. Um, don't get me wrong. I love YouTube, but man. Says, people, people says on one e of the leaders of Catholic YouTube. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm yeah, giving know, right? my life to? Um, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, just because, man, like, it, it, it might have started kind of with the whole blog culture, but, man, some, some of these comments are ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean, we, I've come to realize that um, instead of just kind of deleting all the comments, and, and, instead of just letting them slide by, like, they give me legitimate content gold. Like, they're giving me something that can help me create content. And I tend to think that that my wife and I are fairly funny. So we take these comments and we respond to them in a way that they sometimes might not expect. Now, I will say that we aren't as snarky as we tend to be online whenever we, like, private message them or they talk to us privately. Because, like, we actually do. There, there's been, like, four or five times where, like, we've really actually gotten to know some of our trolls. And they've kind of, like, backed off and, like, been like, oh, these people are actually real. Like, <laughs> let me stop trolling them all the time. Well, that's that's phenomenal. Hey, dude, you, I love the channel. People have to go check it out. How can they support what we're, what you're doing? Yeah, so the best way right now is to go to patreon.com slash that Catholic couple. We are doing – we, I, I don't know if you, if, if you uh, know, but we're, we're taking about a month off of posting our videos right now uh, because we're moving to Houston and we're revisioning and revamping and relaunching a bunch of stuff. Um, and all of that newness is going to be put on our Patreon page. Sweet deal. So, hey, how can they find you on the YouTube? How can they find you on the Twitters and the and the Instagrams? How can they do all that? Absolutely. If you just go to YouTube.com and put in That Catholic Couple or YouTube.com slash That Catholic Couple, you can find our YouTube channel. Uh, you can find us on all Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for That Catholic Couple. The, the, the URL is is in effect. And then I am at D underscore glaze and my wife is at AG underscore glaze on both Twitter and Instagram. Sweet. Daniel, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, guys, we got to go. The show is over. Thank you big time to Daniel and to Katie and to Downing Thomas for giving us our show today. Uh, we will be back next week with Everett Fritz. And uh, it's going to be great. Um, I'm sorry. We just had so much to get to today. We didn't have enough time to get to Father Jared Cook. Maybe next week. See ya!